Another year, another final series awaits the Collingwood Football Club, albeit one with a distinctly foreign flavour. In what has surely become the most egregious spectacle since the Black Eyed Peas performance in 2018, or that time that Collingwood let go of Gary Buddha Hocking, the travelling shit show that is COVID-era AFL rolls on, Destination the Gabba, by way of Joondaloop. As the eighth-place team, Collingwood are again the outsiders, written off by most and hung out to dry by head office, a shonky organisation that our club has bankrolled for the best part of three decades. And so it is that the great team from Abbotsford, exiled on Main Street and with its wings clipped, sit in single-room quarantine at a two-star West Australian resort awaiting their fate. But amongst the poor form and even poorer journalism, a glimmer of hope in an otherwise asterisky year. But I am, of course, reminded of a famous quote, unexpected freedom comes from having nothing to lose. This is a special elimination final preview episode of the only Collingwood Cultural Premiership podcast. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. One's had five bounces. Can get another one? He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Good evening, all of our friends, listeners, and Magpie fans across the country. This is Pie Heart, a very special elimination final preview episode. And joining me, as always, is Jay Tarabo, beaming in from outside of the Iron Curtain. How are you going, Jay? Good evening, gentlemen. Things are very well. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Alex Watkins. Alex, welcome. Oh, yeah. Great to be here, Damo. Now, when you said got rid of Buddha Whiskers Hocking, mm. what was that a reference to? Well, Alex, as you uh, may have heard, there is a vicious virus uh, which appears to be sweeping the land, um, a virus which uh, takes no prisoners and has ultimately led to a, um, a reduction in our ability to uh, frequent uh, the football in 2020. Mm. But, of course, one of the uh, outlying casualties of, of the COVID-19, as we're calling it, is a shrinkage um, around soft caps of AFL football clubs. Now, unfortunately, I had to deliver this bad news, but the largest and most successful and most cash pumped up club in the land calling the Collingwood football club is not immune. No. And sadly today we had to let go of some very fine stalwarts. Let me just roll out the list of casualties. And I should point out to our listeners that as this podcast is being recorded, 
the uh, the corpses are still warm. So uh, we mean this with the utmost respect mm-hmm. um, and uh, sincere gratitude for the services rendered. But of course, Gary Buddha Hocking, as you you would remember, is uh, princely the chief architect of Collingwood Surge up the ladder in 2018 to come within a kick of uh, a fabled 16th premiership has unfortunately been let go as of uh, the last 24 hours. And joining him uh, in the uh, the casualty ward is none other than premiership hero, Travis Cloak. Mm. And I believe there's another, I believe there's another potential victim. Uh, and again, this news is just coming to hand, but if we potentially lost someone else from the, uh, from the ranks. Pebbles. I did hear whisperings about Pebbles, which would be a real nightmare. He's such a heart and soul <laughs> clubman. Um, and just yesterday yeah. I heard Brody Grundy on the club website really kind of pumping him up as one of the great supports from Brody's career over many years. And um, Grundy being, I guess, a little um, bummed that uh, old Pebbles wasn't able to um, join the team interstate, but um, that is heartbreaking news if Anthony Rock has been given the boot as well. It's just not going to be the same, you know, watching a Collingwood game and not seeing the large frame of pebbles on the uh, on the boundary line bench with the, yeah. uh, with the headphone and the, um, and the microphone jack in hand. Uh, we do want to shout out, like, in all seriousness, it um, comes as quite a shock. You know, clearly, uh, Justin Longmuir and, and Gary Buddha Hocking, as, as many Collingwood supporters will know, were instrumental in 2018. And not just from a, a coaching acumen perspective, which we all know they um, they clearly had in spades, but it was the it was the the brevity, it was the lighter moments, it was the hilarity, it was the uh, you know the photo of a shirtless Nathan Buckley in 1994 that would pop up mid mid intense meeting that would just Mm-hmm. You know, they call them an icebreaker. They call it a circuit breaker in the in the uh, in the biz. Um, and obviously, we know the high pressure, high tense atmosphere of a of a of, a, of an AFL football club often needs a little bit of a, you know, mm. it needs a bit of a um, whiskers. You know, a lighter touch. Mm. You know, a little bit of a TikTok, a little bit of a whiskers. So, sadly, we uh, we do say goodbye to some some very serious uh, and. Uh, ambitious coaches as we move forward. Let's just hope that um, for Anthony's sake, there is a position on the burners back at Mark's place because he's going to want to transition into um, another role pretty quickly in these difficult times. We know a lot of people have been made redundant, moved on, um, but um, he is hoping that the Rocker Brothers kept their share in Mark's place because um, mm. a culinary institution is just what a good Italian boy needs, especially in times of toil. And a positive sign is that uh, takeaway meals are doing very well at the moment. So, mm-hmm. and pizza—I don't think pizza's ever really waned in terms of uh, in terms of dishes. Certainly, uh, never goes out of favour in this household. But uh, yeah, we do we do wish the uh, gentlemen all the best, and hopefully. Once a vaccine comes through and the uh, Weislet's coffers reopen, we can potentially get these gentlemen back. Now, we are going to move on to, uh, look, let's be frank. At Piehard, we love, we love it when teams get creative. And not only is it cute, but it demonstrates to us that as marketers, uh, they make really fantastic football administrators. So every year around this time, um, the participating finals teams at, uh, in the AFL 
will come out with a creative branded slogan for their finals campaign. Now, we have, you know, to save you guys the effort out there in Pyland, we have gone out and sourced all of these slogans. And I'm going to read through them because I think this is a this is an area that we do love at PyHard and we love to get into the nitty gritties of marketing and branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going to throw it open to you boys. I'm going to read through these. I'm going to start from the top. I'll start with the uh, minor premier here, Port Adelaide. And I want you guys to assign a ranking based on the on what you feel is the most creative AFL finals teams slogan. Now, just to clarify, let's do it out of 10. Let's keep it simple. Mm-hmm. One being most poor and 10 being most excellent. So here we go. Starting off with Port Adelaide. Now, this one I don't think is, I don't think this one has actually been crafted for the finals campaign. I think this is just their slogan in general, but given they've probably paid the Farris brothers a lot of money, um, they are using this one and and really wringing out the uh, value. So Port Adelaide's is never tear us apart. Look, well, they haven't, you know, strayed too far from their kind of brand Mm, proposition there, have they? They're Mm. just holding the line. I suppose they think that this, given they finished top of the ladder and have a decent shot at a flag, I suppose they mm. think this is the culmination of that marketing campaign, so they can't abandon it now at the last moment. Exactly. Yeah, they've paid they, a lot of money. They haven't been in the finals for a while, so maybe uh, you know they're a bit rusty. You, you reckon they've missed the memo? Yeah, missed the memo that you actually when you make well, maybe, the finals, you need a slogan. I mean, maybe they've had a, a lot more shrinkage than we've had uh, at their football mm. department. Yeah, their copyright yes. is gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the frigid waters of the Port Adelaide Harbour. <laughs> Yes. Well, look, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, it's not original, um, but it has yeah. served them well in years past. So uh, it's mid-range. Yeah, I like that they do the song too. So so I'll go with six. Okay. Five and six. I should probably write this down. Should I five and six? Okay. So moving on to Geelong. Geelong has gone with a very simple rhyming um, articulation of the final slogan. Geelong strong. Ooh. What, are we th- what are we thinking of Geelong strong? They've, they've just... Um, Pencil dicked two words together effectively. Uh, I mean, strong it's, Geelong would have been great, but Geelong strong. I don't know what primary school had the competition to come up with this, but mm. uh, you know, if it was done by a six-year-old, I'm, I'm going to give it six. If it's done by any an adult, uh, I don't know, three. Yeah, okay. look, this one's now, really poor. It's almost, I wouldn't say monosyllabic because. There's three syllables in no, the slogan, yeah, three syllables, yeah. but it feels like very Rari Street to me. Um, so yeah. it's a two. It's a two. Moving on to Brisbane. This one's a bit perplexing. Brisbane's is our home finals time. <laughs> what? Doesn't make sense. I'll just repeat that. Go again. Our home finals time. Is there a, is there a comma? Like our no, home no comma. Finals <laughs> time. No, sentence case. Sentence case. Okay. That's really strange. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it one more time for the listeners because they might be adjusting their wirelesses thinking that they've misheard me there. Our home finals time. <laughs> I'm with Turbo. Like our home, our home finals time makes more is sense. It meant to be our home finals our home? time. Is it, is it meant to be our home final time and the S is zero? <laughs> like it's the yeah, last it's, time. 
If you do know, please, if you if you do work for Brisbane, let us know. We're at Pie Hard Podcast. Please, please, could you um I'm giving that a zero. I'm giving it a TBC. I'm giving that <laughs> I'm giving that an FYI. Um okay, so moving along, Richmond's is for the Tiger Army. Because mm, the other flags were were just for Peggy O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who are they for? Yeah, this one's, this one's different. weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, yeah. for the Tiger Army. I mean, look, there's an honesty in it um, and they're obviously mm. being advised that in these tough COVID times with their entire supporter base locked up in shop tops or just off Bridge Road that they need to kind of mm. engage the fan base who have been doing it tough, not being able to see them play. So they've gone back to the fans. So I'll, I'll give them a few points just for... Um, Mm. Just for just the throw a couple at them. connection. So it's, let's say a four. It's the best one so far, I think. Okay. So far. Better than Never Tear Us Apart. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. Never Tear oh. Us Apart, they've been, it's, it's, and they've been doing it forever, you know, so it's not, there's no originality about yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. I'll, I'll pay Tiger that. Army's right. not original either, but. Uh. Now, another team we haven't seen much of come finals time, but I think they've pulled together something reasonably uh, cohesive. Uh, St Kilda have come out with Together We Rise. Mm. Could be alluding to the sourdough craze that's sweeping the nation in, uh, yes. in the COVID lockout. We're not really sure. Yeah, look, it, uh, it reminds mm. me a little bit of um, Carlton many years ago when they sort of stockpiling first picks. I think mm. theirs was We're Coming, was it not? Mm, they know they know We're Coming, isn't it? Something like was that. It? And that backfired mm. spectacularly, just asked Bryce Gibbs. Mm. Yeah, look... I can't even remember what the bloody slogan was. That's how forgettable it is. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a two. It should be together, together, we, together we forget. Together we rise. Tomorrow we come. Oh, that's <laughs> had had to go there, but yeah, it's not very saintly of you, uh, Turbo. But I tell you what, what I'm talking about like the grand. It's definitely, final. it's definitely sticky. It's definitely catchy. Um, uh, okay, moving along. Western Bulldogs united for finals. Sponsored by the petroleum brand or petroleum, the yes, extra yes. Cash? Well, that's a, clever. I mean, I w- that would get a ten if they could weave in a sponsor and potentially get some money. As everyone mm. knows who listens to Pie Hard, we love it when you get the bag, when you get the mm. money, when you get the cash, especially a cash and if united club like the Bulldogs to upgrade those. Hideous facilities down the Western Oval. Could have been just a brown brown paper bag number from the United Petroleum mascot, just to the to the copywriter at the Western Bulldogs, just sneaking United and his five hundred bucks. Ambiguous, mm. uh, just not not strong messaging. It's a two. No, two. Uh, okay, moving along to uh, everyone's favourite team at the moment, the West Coast Eagles. Mm. They've gone. They've gone with. Uh, it's quite interesting. They've, they've gone for all in for finals. All in for finals. Was there a question about them not being all in? Well, what else do you expect? Yeah. Mm. Strange. Potentially. That's horrible. That that just reminds me of Perth and it's disgusting. It's like what it's like too pompous. All in for the finals, you know. Gross. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, what does it even mean? It doesn't make any sense. Who's all in? Mm. What, the state? No, they're not. All in uh Quarantine. All in uh, caravans for finals. We'll finish off with uh, a little bit closer to home, Collingwoods. Now, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this out, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you guys because there's a little bit of a hidden message in this one, and I, I kind of like it. I think I know what the Collingwood marketing team are on about here, but 
Collingwood's line is forever. However, the V within forever is highlighted. Now, mm-hmm. I I saw that and that was, to me, that was a nod to everyone back in Victoria doing it tough. Yeah, the big V. And Vic. the big V. And it was a little silent nod of the, nod of the trilby to everyone um, back home in Victoria under severe lockdown. Uh, so thoughts on forever. You did just double check though to make sure that it is not a typo. No, no, it checks out. Okay, okay. I like it. V, Victoria, victory as well. 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. it's a good one, isn't it? I don't know, like forever what, you know? Subtle. Ambiguous. Forever waiting. <laughs> forever wondering if we'll beat the Eagles. Forever the bridesmaid. Forever wondering why I'm paying a membership this year. Forever in lockdown. <laughs> Again, a bit like with the rich, uh, with the... Um, Port one, they've been running mm. with forever for a number of years, have they not? Or Collingwood forever yes. as one of the slogans. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good old Collingwood forever. Yeah, they 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 tend to go back to that well often, don't they? That um, they've had side by side and and if they're, is a shit look, if they're cost cutting to the extent we know they are, of course they're going to be cost cutting in all departments of the club. So probably just mm. need to get the bloke who knows Photoshop to redo the old campaign assets to mm. highlight the V. It's saving a lot of money. It's recycling mm. the campaign imagery. So I'm all mm. for that. Um, you can't go spend big on an advertising campaign for finals, uh, new slogan, new rollout, new assets, and then fire pebbles, send him back to Mark's mm. place. I think also when you, finish, when you finish eighth and you know that the slogan's probably only going to get used for – the best part of not even a week. Um, <laughs> you probably don't go too heavy yes. on the on the car, on the cost. We did throw the brief open to uh, to the Pie Hard um, branding team, and they did come back. They did come back to us with two. Let me just find the uh, the dossier. Okay, so the first one that they came back with, which I thought was was quite good, it was quite a positive message, was Buckley's chance. <laughs> so just. Um, Yes. Obviously, uh, yeah, a time, a time, and a moment for Buckley to seize. So we did like that one um, as a potential uh, bumper sticker. And then, inspired by the uh, the back page of the West Australian, I'm not sure if you've seen that one today, but um, the photo was, uh, I think it was Adam. No, it was Jordan Degoe, um Bucks and Bucks and Grundy smeared in shit. <laughs> their, uh, the West, no, the West Australians design team had uh, had covered them in excrement uh, all over their faces. It's a, it's a shocking picture. I'm not sure. It's, it's burning into my uh, retina. But um, with the big slogan "Dirty Pies," so I thought maybe uh, maybe working off that one, we could go with "Dirty Ass Pies" or "Dap," mm-hmm. um, just to kind of appeal to a, a younger yeah, audience. Yeah, but own it, yeah, we, own, the, uh, own the dirty pies. I agree. Embrace, embrace the filthy pies. Yeah, embrace it. Just go hard on it. Um, so if you're listening, West Australian, thank you so much for that one. We uh, we we appreciate that one, and we have long memories at Pie Hard. We never forget. Uh, okay, so we're moving on to our next segment, which is a really uh, probably our favourite segment. Now I'm not sure if we've done one of these before, Alex Watkins, but I think it's probably worth you setting up for our listeners exactly what Pies Wide Shut is all about. Mm, look, we've been looking forward to this, and in true Pie Hard style, we never. We never cease to give right through to the end, and we're debuting 
a new segment in possibly our last last pod for the year. Um, if we lose this weekend, I'm not sure we've got That's to it. get up and go. Yeah, I'm to, done. I'm to, done. To really go through um, with a fine tooth comb and analyse the loss. But let's see what happens first. Look, our new segment investigates the power brokers behind the greatest club in the land, the shady backroom dealing, board machinations, the Machiavellian power struggles and secret society orgies. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Pie Hard listeners, look up Stanley Kubrick's final film starring Tom Cruise and none other than Al and Nicole in the 1999 <laughs> erotic psychological drama, <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut. But today uh, I have the great privilege, and this is all about privilege, of introducing the new segment, Eyes Wide Shut. The club was on the bottom. <laughs> I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision and we're prepared to live to that vision. Great disappointment that uh, this afternoon the Collingwood Football Club uh, has resigned from its partnership with the Transport Accident Commission. Smoking shadows behind the window. Smoking shadows behind the window. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio, what we hope will be the cream of the cake bigger and better just keeps getting better and better three-year multi-million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports toasts will be replaced with tears though when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the, uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club 32 years of struggle ridicule and humiliation as the Collingwood Football Club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in Australia. All right, so this is the inaugural Pies Wide Shut and it's my pleasure to introduce the segment with a, with a doozy, with a real cracker of investigative journalism. And please chime in at any stage, boys, if you need me to explain any of the uh, facts related herein. Before I start, I'll just uh, caveat this by saying all information contained in this presentation is not, in fact, necessarily based on fact. It's investigative Googling with no allegation of criminality or misconduct on part of any of the individuals mentioned. But mm. we know, Damo, that um, Collingwood mm. has a not so long and illustrious history with wine brands. And, of course, mm. Wolf Blast has been... Um, a, a sponsor on board with the club for a number of years, and that culminated in the release of Buck's Blend a while back. Uh, I forget which year that was, where Nathan Buckley released a wine ostensibly based on um, his own tastes mm. in winemaking, and it was a limited release. And I think you did a piece on it back back in the day in one of the other Pie Hard episodes where you tried to source some Buck's Blend and were mm. basically told that it was not available. Well, I'm 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 so I'm glad you you uh, used the word limited because uh, Bucks Blend was so limited it uh, it didn't exist basically it was served at a luncheon but uh, no known quantities and or bottles have uh, have been seen since so I mean it doesn't really get more exclusive than that doesn't it, it doesn't get more pies wide shut mm, that's right and I, I think it's worth mentioning or just thinking about the fact that like why would anyone release like a Collingwood branded red wine. I mean, talk mm. about a niche audience. I mean, the Collingwood Army isn't known for its connoisseur 
ship mm. of um, you know mm. fine wines, especially at a, at a certain price point. So mm. in recent weeks, our radar was pricked when we heard that um, to celebrate or to commemorate Scott Pendlebury's breaking of the game's record holdership for the club, mm. he was releasing a special and, again, limited release mm. run of, mm. is it called The Pendlebury? I think it's called... The Pendlebury. What's it called? No, it was it was the Pendlebury three fourteen, I believe. Yeah, and it says uh, at at the uh, website, thependlebury.com, that you um, you know it represents Scott's mm. own personal taste in uh, specifically Mornington Peninsula Pinot Noirs, and mm. very exact. Yeah, very exact. Um, it references uh, in the press release. It, he referenced the fact that he's been living or did live for some time down in Mount Martha Way, mm, excuse me, okay. where he obviously developed a real um, nose for those those light-style um, <clears throat> pinots down the peninsula. Was that in the last 20 years? I'm just, just trying to pinpoint when that when his uh, Mornington Peninsula period was. He was 11. Yeah. <laughs> I think the inference he, was... He was in the womb. <laughs> I think I think the no he was he was from Morwell Way he was a Gippsland boy so the inference yeah, was okay. that mm. I think that um, maybe when he's it was a long was a long getting, weekend in an Airbnb maybe it was just a weekend yeah mm. you never I mean, mm. it doesn't take long to really fall in love with a good wine mm. anyway mm. M- moving along um, he's decided to release three hundred and fourteen bottles of uh, the Pinot um, from down Peninsula Way so we started looking into this because look to be honest we thought there was something a bit fishy for a start you go to the website to buy the wine. It's not even available yet. A bit like Buck's Blend. Mm. It's got a link that says subscribe to be notified when this wine is released and it's got an email mm. field. So, you know, alarm bells are ringing already. And it just got me thinking, does this new collaboration between footballers and winemakers represent a new business model for wine? Basically, mm. footy players flogging clean skins. Yes. Now, if you're not familiar with the term clean skin, Clean skin mm. in Australia and New Zealand is used as a term for wine um, whose label does not indicate the winery or the winemaker's name. Mm. Typically mm. sold at a low price. It's essentially mm. a way of getting rid of excess stock uh, when there's oversupply. Just get it out of the door, uh, maybe make a little bit of coin on it, yeah, but yeah. we don't want to keep it, right? I'm sure yeah, we've all yeah. enjoyed a few cl- good clean skins in our time in the Pie Hard panel and a few really bad ones, right? Mm-hmm. Now... This particular wine, uh, the Pendlebury wine, um, is going for $200 a pop, $200 a bottle. Wow, 200 Did the maths. Uh, that'll be a total of $62,800 once all 314 wines are sold. Now, if you consider the original or the, the kind of average price of a, a clean skin being less than $10, let, let's be generous and say it's $10 a pop, $10 a pop. That mm. means that this particular wine, is a, if it is a clean skin, and again, only alleged. If it is a clean skin, it represents a two thousand percent markup in the value of the wine itself. So I did some digging. Now we know from the website that um, there's a very nebulous origin story for the wine. It just says origin Mornington Peninsula, Australia. The the copy there mm-hmm. says hand harvested in Mount Eliza along the shores of the Mornington Peninsula, and chosen by Scott Pendlebury. Mm. The real clue in the description again, from the Pendlebury website, is celebrate this remarkable achievement with a sunny side road Pinot Noir. So there you go. There's the clue. I looked up sunny side road. just so happens that number one 
Sunnyside Road is none other than the Morning Star Estate. Mm-hmm. This is a property which property agent Michael Keating calls the Downton Abbey of Australia. Right. Quote, there's nothing else like it in Australia. You've got 157 acres, 63 hectares with beach frontage. It was built by ultra-wealthy Londoner Francis Gillett in uh, the 1860s as his summer palace. It's one of the Morning Morning Peninsula's largest individual holdings. If you've seen Pies, well, uh, Eyes wide shut. This is this ring bells already. It's yeah, this, a gr- is, this is the orgy mansion. Oh yeah, it's a grand Victoria mansion, twelve hectare vineyard, twenty room hotel, wedding venue, restaurant, function and conference facility. It's hosted in excess and Jimmy Barnes gigs in gardens comprising of seventy five thousand rose bushes and a helipad. Interestingly, when you go into the Morning Star Estate website, it says Morning Star Estate is now closed to the public, and we are not taking any bookings. Again, alarm bells. So I'm thinking, why is it closed to the public? Why can't I buy this wine? Is the mm. Pendlebury wine from Morningstar Estate? He does reference the uh, the street it's on, and it's a mighty big mm. um, acreage. Well, Herald Sun to the rescue, 29th of September 2020. Yes, that's yesterday, the day before recording this podcast. Herald Sun reports that My Chemist Retail Group co-owner Mario Verrocci has been unveiled mm as the buyer of Mount Eliza's famed Morningstar estate, which sold after about three months on the market, asking for $40 million. Oh, oh. oh wow. It's a lot of uh, Shane, Shane Warne colognes. Oh, yeah. Shane Warne. He's known for Shane Warne colognes. He's known for bringing, uh, buying Les Specs and bringing Latan to Australia. Um, oh, I love Latan. a bit of Latan. But he got out of that game and he got into the pharma, secure, pharma uh, can't say that word. Pharmaceutical. Pharmaceutical industry. Now, my contention here, if you join the dots, and it doesn't take a genius to join these dots, and again, this is alleged, is that Mario has purchased the property and it's got a shit ton of excess wine in the cellars, which has been bundled into the sale. Right. So he's been negotiating right. to buy this property for months. That, that much right. is clear. He's then hatched a scheme. To take on all that old wine, clean skins in the cellar, mm. rebrand them with Scott Pendlebury's mug on the front and mm. profit off all those bottles clogging up his new cellar before he even moves mm. in. You know, how do you flog a $10 clean skin for $200 a bottle? You disguise them as top shelf memorabilia. Mm. Yes, Tebo. I'm going to say, and I bet that if you live in an affluent suburb, where people generally drink more wine, that perhaps it's going to be uh, a bit impossible to get a hand on one of these bottles. Perhaps they're all going to be sold out. Whereas if you live in a less affluent suburb, perhaps with without the mm. the, the natural tongue for a wine, um, you'll be able to get a bottle quite easily. Yeah, well, look, I mean, in fact, it doesn't involve any criminality. There's not, nothing wrong with on-selling wine that you own. Um, but I do no. wonder... You know, if you were to Google Mario Verrocci, new owner of uh, the estate, whether you might see him at a certain uh, function, perhaps with some of the Collingwood bigwigs, including potentially our own Alex Weislitz, mm. or whether in fact these connections are very much uh, the power dynamics that dictate the very functioning of the club. 
um, behind closed doors. They're, they're pretty straight to the word. They don't talk a lot of uh, smoke and shadows behind the, behind the windows. I hasten to add the Pendlebury Pinot is quite possibly not a clean skin. It may well be worth every bit of the one ninety nine asking price. Please visit thependlebury.com to register your interest with the promo code PyHardPinot. But listeners will do well to avoid BucksBlend.com because that batch most certainly did not make it past the Roquefort or Creme Brulee. I think what is guaranteed is that uh, we'll be saying goodbye to to wines and they'll be replaced with colognes from next season. Yeah, who's going to do a cologne? Will Hoskin Elliott. <laughs> Hoskin, the fragrance. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting. Uh, one thing that I dug up, and that's a very good uh, that's a very good pies wide shot, Alex. I, I'm very impressed with that. I'm, I'm a bit scared too because the uh, clearly there's a few links to the Vatican in there as well. Yes. The uh, the tentacles are far reaching, but you know I think a lot of our pie hard listeners would be. Uh, would be both shocked and uh, excited to hear about the uh, the links with a potential uh, new sponsor for the uh, Holden Center, the Chemist Warehouse Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Intrigue, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, speculation, check. Sex, check. <laughs> and fragrances, check. I think that's. Uh, I think if anything, we'll be bringing uh, pies wide shut back next year. We do want to change tact, and it's uh, what everyone has been. Uh, hanging on for i've got to say and that is a little bit of game talk Mm. a little bit of match analysis now we do have a quite a big game coming up actually on uh on when is it on saturday at uh 8 10 p.m over in the west of course we have collingwood coming up against west coast now let's be honest here um we do know that this is going to be a mighty hill to climb if uh, indeed the Collingwood Football Club is to, um, how would you put it, overcome one of our one of our our mental demons, right? And that is playing the West Coast Eagles, a bogey team of ours of late. So I'm going to throw it out to the Piehard team. Let's just keep it really simple for our listeners. The question that we have to answer is, how do we win? I might start with you, Alex. What? Yeah, well, it's a question on everyone's lips, isn't it? Every Collingwood supporter's lips. And it's funny how this, even though it's an asterisk season, um, there's a sense about this game, I think, that um, it's a real coach killer. Now, the reason I say that is, um, and look, I'm not suggesting that Nathan Buckley is going to get sacked if we lose, but what I am saying is that (laughs) over the, the last few years, we've had some real... Um, success against some of the other top teams. And I'm mm. talking about mm. always pretty competitive with Richmond, including a big finals win. Um, we've essentially got the wood over Geelong, including a finals win. You know, GWS hasn't held any fear for us. Um, you know, we're yet to really come up against Port Adelaide or Brisbane in the finals, but we've had good success against other strong sides. But that mm. record does not extend to West Coast. They have no. 100% got the wood over us. And I forget what that saying is like, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and uh, expecting a different result. Mm. I mean, it feels a bit like that with West Coast. It's we go into it and we end up doing, you know, jack in the pack or marks up mm. with McGovern at one end and the entire Collingwood list at the other end. And we're just lobbing it into McGovern or Barras or Hearn. Mm. And mm. do we learn? Well, I'm not sure we do. So a lot of focus in that context will come up, will, will come on to our tall forwards. Um, mm. But I don't see, we're, we're, we're Cox fans in this, in this podcast. I don't see Cox necessarily 
dominating uh, some of their tools, especially a McGovern type. But what I do think is that some of our smalls, if they can break even the, the tools, some of our smalls need to come to the party. And it's very simple for me. We've been waiting for the sweep squad. We've been wait, waiting for the likes of Elliot, Hoskin Elliot, Stevenson, mm-hmm. dare I say his name, and, of course, Jordan Dugowie to really turn mm. on the afterburners for a long time. Mm. We've seen moments, but not much, not enough. Mm. And I believe that if we can get the ball to ground and dominate that ground ball, in the forward half, we give ourselves a chance, and that's mm. what I'm looking for. What about you? Interesting. Damn it. Well, I do, I do, I do like how you you called it a uh, a coach killer because it has already claimed three scalps, as we touched on at the start of the show: Buddha Hocking, Travis Cloak, and Anthony Rocker. But I'm keen to get your take, uh, Turbo, on again. Very simple question for our listeners: We're over in the West. How do we win? I think that, I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're climbing up a hill here. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, we need to come out all guns blazing. We need to play the mm. perfect game. Um, and, yeah, we do need those small forwards to fire, like like Al said, a bit of JT magic um, will definitely go a long way. But I think also we need the West Coast perhaps <laughs> West to Coast be a bit complacent. I love maybe. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, West Coast to have a shocker. We've got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, though, like... We How do we need, win? West Coast just we has a shit game. West Coast to just, to just blow up <laughs> on the field. Oh, I love it. Just... Just food poisoning for the game. Well, they do have six ends. Bit of coronavirus. Yeah, but they'll they'll star like based based on West Coast. They'll be best on. They'll be their six best. They'll be fresh. <laughs> you might do be that right. against well, us, but yeah, interesting. We, uh, we are. I mean, we are in that position where where we kind of do seem to perform well is is when there are yeah, zero expectations on us. Yeah, um, I couldn't and agree so, more. So you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we do sneak up on them uh it'd be great if we can win obviously um but uh but yeah it's it, it's going to be tough yeah it so, does have shades of that 2002 out sorry final versus um port adelaide i mean the backs to the wall performance in that era where i think mm. collingwood became defined as good travelers a good traveling side i think that mm. only really happened in the 2000s under malthouse and We've held on to that reputation ever since. And it is set up for us. And I noticed in the media this week, Bucks um, coming out and he didn't need to do this, but he, he drew people's attention to the fact that, quote, staffers are taking a hit for the team by living in the camper vans outside the club's um, Joondalup-based hub. And he, he even said that, quote, it's a sub-elite circumstance, sub-elite Circumstance, mm. and I thought that it was just instructive the way he was drawing attention to this kind of um, disadvantaged, almost to fabricate or manufacture this sense of a back mm. to the walls performance, which I'm sure Manifest. he's going to mm. be bringing to the dressing rooms before the game. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's something in that. Look, we um, we've spoken about this at length on Pie Hard, but we do like traveling, and I think it's. Look, let's look at the positives. No one wanted to stick around in the twin waters for a second longer. So the fact that we could get out of there, albeit to a caravan setup, but, you know, the unity of traveling again, get everyone on a bus, get them on a plane, get them outside of the games room of the, uh, I mean, t- uh, what's his name? Shot that twin waters upside down on Tic Tac. There's not a stone left unturned. Braden Sire hasn't 
you know, captured on his, on his mobile phone. So get into a fresh environment. I know it's Joondaloop, um, you know, where vibes go to die, but I think there is a, there is a sense that, um, you know, getting together, change of environment, you know, mixing shit up. That's probably when we're going to kind of, you know, it's probably going to help us in the long run. But I think the key for me, just to be really simplistic here is just unpredictability, unpredictability. Mm. So what I mean by that is just throw throw everything at the wall. No, throw everything at the wall. So Maynard and Dugowie are at every clearance, every single clearance. Maynard and Dugowie just imposing bulls at Dugowie's feet. None of this one-touch bullshit. Just get the bulls in there, win the ball. Um, Steve-O deep, Cox, you know, one up. Dugowie drifts straight down forward after the um, after the ball up. Uh, uh, maybe bring in some fresh blood. Like I've, I've been thinking about this, but if I was to bring two players in, I would actually look at potentially giving a debut to young Rantel. Uh, I believe he was pick number 40. But throw a kid in the mix. I was thinking of Will Kelly maybe. He's back. Yeah, that's uh, just do something. Guys. Just do something. So desperate. Just do something. It's, just it's do something. desperate. It's 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 we are in a desperate situation. It's not desperation, it's unpredictability. No one is planning for Will Kelly. No one is planning for Rantel. No one is planning for Lazy Mo Bianco. These guys <laughs> they, they don't even have a they don't even have a dossier. I don't think they, they don't even have a dossier on these kids. Demo, no one's planning for them because they don't need to even if they play. Yeah, that's right. That, the, the planning that, that will might, be that, totally uh, not required if you play. I mean, these <laughs> these young guys have not have not been playing football as far as I can tell. They've had like 15-minute games where like, you know, some bloke from North Melbourne, that overpaid bloke from Port Adelaide in North Melbourne is playing in the Collingwood Guernsey. Like just weird shit like that. They haven't even been playing football. And now you're saying that like the panacea to our like <laughs> Ailing finals hopes is to bring in some blokes who haven't played for months or not bring at all. In, I mean, this is bring crazy. In the guy, bring in the guy from Port Adelaide in North Melbourne. I mean, if he wears the no, but it's the, Pollock, that's his name. It's the net effect. It's the net effect. You know, everyone gets around and there's a pat on the ass when they get a touch at the start. I think we're trying to ignite. You know what? This we're trying reminds to ignite. Me of, like, it reminds me of like these desperate <laughs> ideas I used to have in the 90s when Tony Shaw was coached. And I was like, oh, what if the whole team just gets in like a flying arrow formation <laughs> behind the ball and just handballs it to the next guy? Like, and it just blows the, the pea brains of the opposition. I mean, we are desperate, but we're not the, that desperate. That was the migrating ducks, uh, migrating Canada geese strategy. It was. It was the mighty ducks, wasn't it? Um, it was desperate, but you know we are in desperate times. So um, listen, if you've got a better idea than um, either, what have we come up with? West Coast having a shocker and or playing a couple of untried juniors. <laughs> By all means, at Pie Hard Podcast, we'd love to hear your thoughts. How do we win, and who plays? I think. Look, we don't want to underplay it. We are extremely excited. Backs to the wall over in the West, eight ten Saturday night on the Cans. Uh, okay, well, that's it for another Pie Hard, a very special uh, elimination final edition of Pie Hard. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on socials. We are at Pie Hard Podcast. You will find us on Instagram. You will find us on Twitter. We are not on Twitch. We are not on Snapchat. We are not on Tinder. We are not on, what's the other one? TikTok. <laughs> 
so maybe just stick with the first two, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, as always, gentlemen, thank you for joining us on a very cold, rainy Wednesday evening in Melbourne. Uh, and yeah, we look forward to uh, watching the boys on Saturday uh, triumph against the uh, against the wretched souls that are the uh, the West Coast Eagles. This is Pie Hard.